What is going on, everyone? Scriptwriter Steve right here, podcasting you live from Hawaii at 4 a.m. in the morning on April 4th, 2021. How do you like that? 44444. Guess what? Yesterday was April 3rd, 2021. That was 4321. I would think somebody would have wanted to hire me to get them married on 4321, but no one did. <laughs> I know there's somebody out there who got married on 4321. That's a really easy date to remember, right? You could have made me a little bit more money, but all right, too late. I have a wedding on Monday, so what do I mean? I'm not really complaining. All right, so happy Easter, by the way. Happy Easter to all of my fellow Christians, non-Christians, and those who hate me because I am a Christian. Happy Easter. So today's uh, entire podcast, I think I'll make it a little bit about Easter, a little bit about my faith, and uh, and then we'll go from there. I'll just kind of shoot it from the hip today. I have really no notes in front of me, absolutely none. And uh, well, I have a little bit here that I was kind of typing out, but you know what? I'm just going to shoot it from the hip, all right? So here's the thing. You're probably wondering if I'm going to go to church this morning. No, I'm not. Um, I'm not a church-going Christian. I haven't gone to church in the longest time. And as I got older, I just kind of told myself, well, you know what? I am a Christian. I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. All right? And I take a look at the sins out there. You know, kind of when you're reborn, you know your Holy Spirit, or we call it your soul, um, it kind of gets reborn and you kind of know what's right or wrong. Now, there's some people out there who just you know, love going to church and they like that fellowship of being around everyone, being around that energy and you know more power to them. But for me, I really don't work well in groups. I'm just not one of those people. I tend to be a maverick. And it's just one of those reasons why I don't go to church. You know, you know if the minister says something, I may think the opposite way. And a lot of times people don't, don't want to they don't really want to welcome. People who are in a group really don't want to welcome someone who's really a maverick unless they are the leader. So that's the thing, you know. And a lot of times when I'm just sitting there, I guess in the pews, and again, myself as a, a Christian, I take a look at the Bible. And because of my background as a writer and a storyteller and, you know, and a rewriter and a compulsive rewriter, a compulsive critic of writing, and you know all about, about that, a compulsive critic of storytelling, well, the Bible is not, is not safe from my criticism, not at all. And I can tell you that, you know, I, I believe the Bible to be 100% true. Now, now, to me, I think, you know, there are holes in there, there are plot holes in there, but plot holes and everything, they happen in every single form of writing out there, all right? Not, you can't really explain everything. You know, I always tell you, okay, this storyline has a plot hole, plot hole, plot hole. But the truth is, you can't plug everything. And these books, which were written that are all in the Bible, every plot hole is not plugged. And it's, you know, if you look hard enough, you're going to find them. Now, whether or not it affects the major storyline and the characters' motivations, actually, it doesn't. So, you know, there's one thing, now you're probably asking me, why do I believe the Bible to be true? Now, from my screenwriting point of view, from my writing point of view, I'll just take it for example, 
for an example of like say Seinfeld, right? Or maybe Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or any, or any type of sitcom you've seen. Uh, I mean, I love all the old sitcoms a lot more than I like the new ones, by the way. Um, I do love some of these new ones. I think on Netflix, it's called, what is it called? I forgot what it was called. I'm sorry, but it's about racing and everything like that. It, it escapes my mind right now. But anyway, these old sitcoms, you know, there's what they call a, a Bible. They have their own Bible. And basically, it looks into the past to make sure that whatever you write, it kind of stays canon to the world that they created. But not even Friends or Seinfeld, or, or what do we say, not even the MCU stays canon or um, to what they wrote. Not even Star Wars could do that. Um, George Lucas couldn't do that to his own thing. Now, George Lucas created, you know, he, he created, um, you know, Star Wars, uh, the, the New Hope, and then the, the Empire Strikes Back, and then The Last Jedi. And then afterwards, all of these books came out, and uh, he approved each book, and that became the new canon. Okay, so just imagine that, right? He created this new canon. And then he created the prequels, which basically wiped out all of the new books canon. So all of a sudden, he had a different canon out there. Now, in the Bible, that doesn't happen, which is very strange. And in the Bible, it's written over a course of, of like 2,000 years, all right? Let's just say it's around 2,000 years by multiple different authors. And it still stays basically 100% canon to each other. And these people don't know each other for the most part. So that, I find pretty interesting. Now, George Lucas couldn't even get it right with his own writings, with his own fiction that he created and was and was in complete control. <laughs> How can all these authors over a course of 2,000 years get it correct? I mean, that is kind of strange. And um, so if you really take a look at it at that point of view, which is things that are written, like say, for example, Jesus, uh, things that are written about Jesus, uh, about the Messiah. In the Old Testament, they were predicted, and these are written by authors, and authors in the, in, you know, before Jesus was born. That's the Old Testament. And they come to fruition in the New Testament. Everything, everything they talked about in the Old Testament comes to fruition through the New Testament. And down to like how Jesus entered into you know, you know, um, Israel on a donkey. That I find like crazy. And again, these authors didn't know each other, and they're writing about things that are, that are going to happen a thousand years after they're, you know, a thousand years after they're dead. Um, how do you do that? And you write about a lot of things that are going to go on after you're dead, and it's not just one person; it's a lot of people who are who are doing that. And um, so, I can't explain that. I mean, to me, I think from a, from a writer, I mean, working with writing and and trying to even create my own type of thing is like it's so hard to create. You know, any type of continuity, even, even with a short script, you have to go back and, and you have to tell yourself, well, I planted this Easter egg here back in Act 1. I make, have to make sure it pays off. And I then I have to reread the Easter egg that I planted. Or, or the, when I say Easter egg, that's the, the setup, right? So I have, to, um, I have to understand how I set it up to pay it off at the end. And the difference between the, the, these two, I guess, th these two areas are only about maybe 90 pages, right? 80 or 90 pages. The Bible is much longer than, than that. And also the timeline is a couple, couple thousand years or one, at least 1,000 years. You know, that Easter egg was set back 1,000 years before Jesus was born. 
and now it's being paid off a thousand years later. How do, how do you do that? And you don't even know the other author. So to me, I think that's almost impossible, impossible to actually write something like that. Um, and now, there, there's something divine. Now, a part of that too, now I do know from personal experience that there is something supernatural out there. There's something very, very supernatural out there um, through all my, you know, ghostly experiences. And I've, and I did talk about that on a previous podcast, you know, things that scared the crap out of me. And also even, even the possibility of me seeing my guardian angel. Now, if you didn't hear that podcast, just, you know, it's not too far back. You guys can scroll on back there. But then, uh, yeah, the, you know, that's one of the reasons also why I believe in the Bible. And then other things too, I take what I learn in the Bible and I apply it to my own life. And what I find is that when I do apply it, and it's very hard to apply these things, um, I, you know, I, I find a sense of completeness even though my life is incomplete. You know, my, if you take a look at the cross-section of my life, you know, I'm not married, I don't have kids, right? You know, um, maybe I'm not as successful as, you know, some people thought I would be, but then I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm successful. You know, I don't have kids of my own, but I have a lot of, my friends have kids, right? You know, uh, but then I'm not married, but I have a lot of people who are special in my life too. And again, I am not, I still feel complete, even though I am incomplete, and I'm very at home with that. I don't have this agenda that I need to fulfill. There's this, this hole in my soul or, or, or something that I'm always looking for. I'm, I don't. I'm just very content and I'm happy. And that, and I have to credit, um, you know, Jesus for that, for, and Christianity for that. So it's just one of those things. Now, again, some people will find going to church part of that fulfillment. You know, some people will find the fellowship in that church part of that fulfillment. For me, it's not. Now, is it for you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now, I do have some pet peeves about Christianity, about religion. And it's when it becomes, I think when Christianity, Christianity becomes a religion, I really tend to have a problem with that, especially when members start saying, well, you know, so-and-so is going to go to hell, especially when they started saying, well, you know, gays are going to go to hell, right? Or, you know, lesbians are going to go to hell, transgenders are going to go to hell, and all these people. The one rule that Jesus told us was that thou shalt not judge, and specifically judge, sit on the white throne and say, point the finger, says, you're going to go to hell, you're not going to go to hell. We don't even know if we're going to go to hell. All right. It does say in the Bible, if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're basically, you know, pretty much have a golden ticket to heaven. But again, we're, we're basing that all upon faith. And I do believe that. But again, the person who does give final judgment is Jesus himself. And again, I'm not going to judge myself and say, hey, I got a golden ticket. Right. But anyway, I'm going to cut the commercial. When I get back, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about, right? There's some things that are on my mind. Maybe I'll keep talking about this. Maybe I won't. But hopefully you'll join me on the other side. All right? What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer-in-chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. 
Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's Dream Weddings with an S. That's Weddings with an S, Hawaii.com. So, look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So, visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. What is going on, everyone? I hope you're back from that commercial break. It is scriptwriter Steve right here. And I have no idea what I'm going to talk about right now. I think I still want to keep talking about, you know, Christianity right now and more so character growth or personal growth. You know, again, like I want to tell you about myself is that, and again, I apologize if I'm just talking to myself, but a lot of people have asked me before, oh, Steve, you seem very content with your life. And I am. But it didn't come to me naturally. You know, learning how to live your life without, I guess, I guess, uh, without seeking success. Even though success happens, it happens naturally just by living in the present and not really worrying about the future. Now, too many of us, way too many of us, we complain about the past and we worry way too much about the future and we forget about enjoying the present, living in the moment. You know, that very day, that very minute, that very second, you should always try to be, a, to be the best that you can be. Now, it's, <laughs> you're going to fail at it multiple times over and over and over again. It's, almost, it's basically impossible to be your best. But to have that goal, to realize that, to keep yourself in the present, to keep yourself from you know, living in the past, you know, letting people control you, the bad things that happen in your life control you, even though you remember it like it was just yesterday. And trust me, I have a lot of things that happened to happen to me in the past. And I remember about them and I still talk about them. But even then, when I talk about it, I don't let it control me. Not at all. You know, I had this conversation with a really good friend of mine about forgiveness. Now, you know, to me, when it comes to forgiveness, I always say, you know, for myself, there's a difference between, uh, I guess, when God says, you know, forgive and, and turn to the other cheek and all that. But this is more like a divine type of forgiveness. You know, this doesn't apply to every type of forgiveness because, again, if someone robs from you or if someone kills your dog, right, can you forgive them for doing that things to you? You actually can't. No matter how much you can, if someone kills your parents, you're not going to forgive that murderer. Right. And, and, and you shouldn't be expected to forgive that and say, and just because if you don't forgive it, that's not the unchristian thing to do. Now, Jesus can forgive that and Jesus can forgive that person and let him into heaven. But there's no way in hell, no way in the world. If a person had murdered my parents, am I going to let them live in my house? No way. That does not compute. But Jesus has that type of divine forgiveness where he actually will let people, a murderer, even the people who killed him, 
enter his kingdom. Okay, so we're talking about the divine type of forgiveness. And Christians, unfortunately, try to put themselves in that shoes of Jesus and say, hey, I'm going to, hey, I'm going to forgive this person no matter how wrong they actually wronged me. And that's the really wrong thing to do, in my opinion. You know, you can, for me, you can always, forgiveness is about letting the past control you. So, for, for example, if someone, again, had murdered, murdered someone I loved, right? And then I would say, okay, I understand what he did, I understand exactly what he did, and I'm not going to let it control me. And that way, in a way, I'm forgiving him, but I'm not going to be stupid at the same time. I'm not going to let this person ever you know, be able to commit this crime again to someone else, to someone else who I love, and I'm sure as hell not going to let them live in my house and think everything is okay with us. But I, again, I'm not going to let that incident control me in the present or in the future. And that's what I mean by forgiveness of on our realm, or us being humans. It's much different than the forgiveness that Jesus talks about. When Jesus, you know, Jesus knows how to forgive in, in, in ways that which we, we can't, we just can't. And for us as humans, as us as mortals to say, well, forgive like how he does. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, we can't do that. A person wrongs you, you're going to remember and you should remember, right? And just because you remember doesn't mean, doesn't mean, and, and just because you remember that and you, and you still remember the pain, right? That doesn't, and that doesn't mean you didn't forgive, Right? Our, that forgiveness, what I'm talking about, is just called moving on, living in the present. Stop complaining about the past, all right? But don't forget. And, and, that, and that's what I say. Now, it's a lot easier said than done. But with practice, you know, you, you kind of get used to it. And again, I'm not going to go into the details of my past, just before, just for the respect of others, you know, who are probably listening to my podcast, they do know my close friends and all that. They do know the problems that I went on through my past and all the different conflicts and different things. And uh, you know, again, it didn't affect me as much. Now, it did affect some other people, you know, uh, other people who were involved with those same things, but they let the past control them. They didn't look at themselves and forgive themselves. And I think that's almost the main thing. Learning how to forgive yourself. That's really more important than forgiving others. So anyway, before I talk myself into a circle over here, I want to talk about another thing too. It's like, you know, um, you know, I think for Easter, I've always had this question. Um, so we are told that sin goes to hell, right? Sin goes to hell. Anything that anything that's sinful goes to hell. So if you're, if you are, you know, any type of, you know, type of like sinner, which we all are, and you, you don't actually believe in Jesus Christ. Well, the, I guess the, the notion is that you're going to go to hell. Now, the thing about this is that, you know, where did people go to hell? I mean, where did people go before Jesus, right? Where did, where did they actually go before, you know, before Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins? And the answer is that they went to, you know, a version of purgatory called the bosom of Abraham, I think, if we look at toward the Bible. Um, and that 
it, I think it, it, it is an area in hell, but it's not actually hell, 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 where they torture you. Now, but my question is that when Jesus had died, when he absorbed all of the sin of man on the cross and then died, and that's on Good Friday, supposedly, where did he go before he rose on Easter? Now, a lot of people have said that he went to the bosom of Abraham, right? And then there's some people who said that, you know, he may have actually gone to hell. Well, no, the answer is that we don't know. If we go according to the canon of the Bible, he may have actually gone to the bosom of Abraham and he may have actually went to hell. You know, suffering for our sins, you know, to me, I think, if I, if I think about it, is that the, if I really think about it, and this is just me talking about it, you know, if, if Jesus did take, take on the burden of man and all of the sins that we did, we done throughout all the centuries. Um, he must have gone to hell. That's what I'm saying. And that crucifixion, that was a walk in the park for him. <laughs> you know, the real stuff happened when he went down to hell. And then he rose. So after he rose, then, you know, that was salvation. And that's when, that's when we could be saved, when he rose. So again, he was the ultimate sacrifice, the last sacrifice. And it's one of the reasons why, uh, if you really look at the reason uh, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when people sinned, you would have to sacrifice a cow, burn, you know, burn the, burn the, burn the cow. And, you know, God back then, he loved barbecue. <laughs> I have to say, he said he loved, he loved the smell of the meat and then it made him very happy. But you would, you would have to barbecue every single time you sinned, basically, uh, which to me doesn't sound that bad. I wouldn't mind barbecuing every single time I sinned. I mean, I still barbecue anyway. Maybe, 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 maybe I am living in Old Testament times, right? But, um, you know, New Testament times, you don't have to do all that kind of stuff. So, that's, you know, Jesus was the last sin. So now we just barbecue for fun. We don't, we don't barbecue to make God happy and all those things. So one of the other things which are really interest, interesting that I find is that when it comes to, um, uh, I guess, uh, Jesus, there, there's, a, there's a really interesting thing here. Do, do you know that there's actually no such word as Jesus Christ? No such word as Jesus Christ. It, his last name is not Christ. Jesus is just known as Jesus in the Bible. Now, he is the Christ. Yeah, so he is Jesus, the Christ, or the Christ. He is not Mr. Christ. So a lot of times, I think even Christians make the problem of saying Jesus Christ. Well, there's no, there's no actual person or God called Jesus Christ. It's just Jesus, and he is the Christ. Interesting fact, huh? Okay, so here's another, here's another interesting fact that I'm just shooting off from the, the side of my hip right here. Now, you know, during the time when Jesus walked the earth and um, he spoke about, you know, everything and started performing, performing miracles left and right, there were a lot of other quote-unquote messiahs. There were a lot of other people claiming to be, you know, the, the coming of Christ. A lot of them. And then a lot of them got crucified. So some of them were a lot. Of, which, a lot of them were just magicians doing sleight of hand and you know performing these miracles, pulling you know cancer like out of their bodies and all those things. And and um, but the interesting thing is that they they all had a following, some big, some small. But once they were crucified or killed, 
that following just went away. And then they followed another one. And then the government would, would crucify or kill the next one, and then they would follow another Messiah, right? And, um, and the government did this, did this, did this, and then they got to Jesus. But for some reason, when they killed Jesus, his following exponentially, I guess, doubled, tripled, and, and just expanded even faster than when, after, than, than, than when, he, than when, he, when he was alive. So if something happened... Did he rise, like the Bible said, and did that prove that he was actually the real deal? Now, to me, I think it, it, I think it does prove something, that, he, that something did happen. Because again, if it didn't happen, people would say, well, wait a minute, you're just a damn fraud. So that's, that's another th- reason why I believe it to be true, that I believe Jesus to be true. So take it for what it is, you know, whatever you want to believe, whatever. Now, there's another thing I want to talk about. You know, what, how, do you, how do you treat people who, who don't believe in your religion? You know, when I was younger, I would always say there's only one true religion, and uh, it's Christianity and everything like that. And if you don't believe in Christianity, you're going to go to hell. I was one of those very judgmental people. And in fact, sometimes I have to catch myself. I have to, I have to tell myself, you know, there could be other religions out there. Now, do I believe in them? Actually, no. But it's, you know, to me, I feel that if Jesus, God, can give free agency to all the people in the world out there to believe whatever they want to believe, then go ahead and believe it. And if you think what I believe is stupid, then all the power to you. If you want to you know, believe what I believe, then, then all the power to you too. I'm not going to try, try to convince you to follow me or follow what I believe in or actually follow you know, what other people believe in or, or, or make you want to leave your own religion, right? We all have our own you know, type of way of dealing with problems and you know, dealing with our life. I mean, some people, I mean, I have some friends who are Muslim and um, no problem with them at all. And, uh, you know, they don't eat pork and all that. And, and it's funny because I say, I, you know, I always joke with them and say, how do you, I mean, for me, how do you not eat pork? I could not imagine my life without pork ribs or bacon or spare, pork spare ribs. I'm still working on pork spare ribs right now. So uh, I just don't know. It tastes so good. And I feel so bad that they can never taste my cooking. Or they, they have to live their whole life without bacon. Can you imagine living your life without bacon? I, I, I just can't do that. And I, and I have to say, like, you know, I, I would never become a Muslim because I just, lo- I just love bacon too much. You know? Or I think Jewish, I think Jewish, they can't actually love, you know, they, they, they can't eat bacon either. Now, the real interesting thing when it comes down to it is when it comes to down to the other different versions of Christianity out there. Now, that... And that I can get into a huge debate because you have like things like Mormonism, you have things like the Catholics, um, you have the what was the what the they have the Jehovah the Jehovah Witnesses who always try to knock on my door while football is on. Now, what's really interesting is that all of them, all of these religions, believe that they are the one and only true version of Christianity out there. And they spend a lot of their lives out there just dedicated toward it. Now, for me, you know, again, I just can't do what they want to do. But when I take a look at what they're, what they're preaching, though, it doesn't follow 
what the Bible preaches, which is very interesting. So, for example, if you ever take a look at the the Mormon the Mormon religion, um, it's like I would say it's not canon. It's not canon to to the regular Bible that we know. They may have the same characters, but it's not canon. I mean, these are not like the like. So, for say for example, if Superman didn't have a cape, and instead of being a man, he was a zebra. You know, and he was not from the planet Krypton, but he was from the planet Earth, a zebra, a zebra, and he had special powers, and he flew, rescued people, he had no cape, but he spoke English. That's kind of what they do to Jesus and all these other characters in the Bible. They kind of like write their own work, write their own backstories and write everything, and there were, it's not canon to the Bible. They, the Mormons have their own version of what's going on. Like, for example, they have, you know, Jesus and Satan were brothers, that's not in the Bible. I mean, that's nowhere in the Bible, you know. And uh, um, you know that they believe that you know a lot of a lot of regular people are capable of like becoming like Jesus, uh, and also they believe that you're go- you're going to also become a god. You're, you're not going to be co- go to just heaven. You're going to become god of your own solar system, your own people when you get older, your own universe. Now that's. You know, it's, it's almost different because Mormonism becomes God-aspiring while Christianity, regular Christianity, um, is God-fearing. It's very, very different. But then Mormonism, or I guess um, they start telling people that, again, they are the one true Christianity. Now, you know, to me, I think, I'm, and from a, again, from a writer's perspective, I say it's two different religions. It's not the same. But again... Believe what you want to believe. I'm not going to try to convince you it's different, but that's just what they believe, right? So what's really interesting, though, is that, you know, this debate of what Christianity is and this Christianity is, which is the true Christianity, which is the true version of Christianity? Well, you know, that's not for me to decide, but I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. Now, Jehovah Witnesses, they have tons and tons of different rules. One of the rules in there is you can't vote, you can't read the newspaper, you can't have birthday parties, you, you can't, like, uh, in their own place of worship, you can't actually have, like, like windows. I mean, I think that's kind of weird, right? And they also believe in excommunication. So, that, that, you know, again, if you don't, you know, follow these rules, you will get excommunicated. And that would also mean that your family would, would turn their back on them. You know, this one Jehovah, Jehovah Witness girl... Um, when she knocked on my door, I kind of asked her just out of curiosity, you know, if your son would ever stop following your religion, would you acknowledge their existence? And she said, absolutely not. He would be dead to me. And she said it to him right in front of him. I said, whoa, that is, that's not a, you know, and I told her just for that, just for that, I told her I would probably not want to be part of that religion because it just, it doesn't suit me very well. You know, it doesn't suit me. I mean, that's one thing I could never do because I have a lot of people who are in my own circle that are not followers of any religion. Does that mean I stop believing, I'd stop being friends with them? Right? So it's, it's very, it's very strange. And again, they can believe what they want to believe. I'll, I'll keep saying it, but you know, you really have to question is that, you know, how much of those rules, where is that in the Bible? It's not, a, it's not, it's not anywhere in the Bible. Now, do I, do I um, spread the word of Christ? Um, not really proactively. 
not really proactively. I just kind of lead my life by example. And people ask me sometimes, well, Steve, like, how are you so, so content? And then I'll go on a spiel like this. One thing I do like to do, though, is in all of my storytelling, especially when it comes to sci-fi or supernatural fantasy things, I do use the Bible a lot. And I, and I do use, because a lot of the, the great supernatural stuff is in the Bible. And if you can kind of reference it to the Bible and then kind of, kind of like fill in all the gaps in there and kind of like say, this is where, this is what was meant or this is what, you know, and make your own little fantasy fiction off of that. I think it's always fun to do that. So a lot of my new fiction that I'm creating is, is a, kind of a, a play on the Bible. It's not, it's not biblical at all, but that's what I like to do. So um, that's my life with that. So anyway, it's about 20 minutes in. I think I spoke a little too long here about all of this stuff and kind of bored you guys. So uh, hope you're having a good Easter Sunday. I'm going to call it quits here so I can go to bed. I think I'm going to watch some cartoons, by the way. Oh, before I go, you need to watch this cartoon on Amazon. It's called Invincible. It's a cartoon. It's a superhero cartoon. It's really interesting because it's a very honest, written, um, I guess, cartoon about superheroes. It's very honest. It's great. Uh, it's bloody. Too. It's very, very bloody. So do not, um, do not watch it with your kids in there, all right, in the room. All right, everyone, I am out of here. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, I hope you like my podcast. If you do, don't forget you can subscribe to me on any of the podcast platforms out there. Just look for Barbecue 2 Movies. Thank you.